Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. And you're very welcome back to the Hawkeye Psychic Harlem Podcast. With your host, Mark Kennedy, I'm joined this week by James Mulcair, and we'll have Kieran Collins joining shortly. Uh, James, how are things? All good, Mark. Yeah, how are things yourself? Good, good. It was a pretty exciting weekend there last weekend uh, with the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Semi-Finals and also a very dramatic uh, All-Ireland Minor Hurling Final between Tip and Offley. So we'll have a review of those there, James. And also, you may get your thoughts on the Intercounty Managerial Merry-Go-Round. It's already starting in earnest down in your native county, Cork. And also, Dublin, you're looking for a new Intercounty Hurling Manager with Matty Kenny uh, deciding to step aside. But maybe we can start off at Crow Park last Saturday evening. Very much anticipated fixture between uh, Kilkenny and a very hotly fancied Clare coming off a, I suppose, a good Munster Hurling Championship campaign. But I suppose, uh, James, we'd kind of already forewarned about, you know, Kilkenny All-Ireland semi-final in Crow Park. And so it kind of proved with a very comprehensive display over Clare. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I, I uh, like uh, I, I would have fancied Clare um, quite strongly coming into the game. I thought you know they were excellent throughout Munster, and they did. They were quite poor in the quarterfinal over Wexford, but I thought that was their game. They were to get that um, you know because it must have been very difficult for them to recover from that Limerick game. In that you know they're getting a lot of the plaudits for how well they played, and rightly so. But that's all well and good. But when you put so much into a game, you still lost it. They still came out on the wrong side. So that's got to be a very difficult thing mentally to you know, to recover from. And I thought maybe that's, that was kind of they carried over a little bit into the Wexford game. But they got through that. Maybe the, you know, the couple of decisions could have gone the other way um, for, for Wexford and maybe Clare wouldn't have got out of it. But I thought, you know, that was their bad game. And I thought all, you know, full steam ahead for that to Kenny game. But they just had a, you know, um, a, a system breakdown really on, on Saturday. I thought like they they completely lost their way and deviated away from the game plan that they've been using, you know, so effectively throughout Munster. They, they you know, wasn't really high, the high energy kind of game that they, they were playing. They just they went very one dimensional, started lumping high ball down in Kenny, and um, you know, the forwards were were completely snuffed out. No more so than than Tony Kelly who just couldn't get in the game at all and like um i saw some tweet there saying that um they were wondering if when uh, kelly woke up the following morning was uh mikey butler in the bed with him <laughs> you know because um to be fair to butler um you know people would have been you know earmarking him as the man to to take out to take out on kelly but he he did an unbelievable job like um completely nullified him in the game and even like he popped up at one stage and had a, a shot at goal in the second half so that would have been some Philip for him if he'd um, you know held Kelly scoreless from play and um, and knocked over a point himself. But um, yeah, the Clare just they never really got going. Just like forward line never got going. Maybe Barrow O'Donnell who you know he, I think maybe carried a bit of fights to Clare. But I thought really their 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 shot selection their and their shot efficiency was really really poor. Um, you know, twenty four wides in total. And a lot of them were just, you know, they, were, they didn't really work the positions very well. They were just struck from very poor kind of just decision making, poor. And, you know, the, I think the, maybe the, the loss of Conlon beforehand had an impact as well. But, you know, they, they just, they never really got going. And, and Kilkenny were good. Kilkenny were good. They were, they were very efficient. Um, and I thought that their, their use of the ball was very good. We criticised Kilkenny before particularly in the Wexford game for being one dimensional themselves. And um but the last day there they they were transitioning the ball very well with their defenders were very comfortable on the ball. I thought their backs actually as a whole and uh, the whole unit, the whole back line was, was was very, very good. Um you know um Butler was excellent um for for Kilkenny. I thought Mullen was really, really good for Kilkenny in the middle. He he set the tone for them. He seemed to you know popping up everywhere uh, you know, he was back in the, the half back line at one stage, up at the half forward line. He was up and down that field. Um, he did a re- really, really good job. But the one man um, that you know that they were lying up front, I suppose, um, and he's still going at, at 35. TJ Reid, I thought was superb, and um, just Kilkenny. Um, you know, they they were extremely efficient in that first half, built up the lead, and game was done at half time. And there's no way back, no way way back for Clare in that second half. Completely agree with you, James. It's um, look, you look at the record of Brian Cody. You know, 
Kilkenny are reaching their 14th All Ireland Senior Hurling final in 18 seasons. I mean, that's a phenomenal record for any manager in any sporting code. And I mean, Brian Cody, he has evolved this group of players. We'd flagged it at the start of the season. We had a few concerns in terms of maybe squad depth, panel, but by God, he's really trusted. And I think the players have trusted the process here as well. You can see the evolution a little bit, James, as you noted uh, quite rightly in terms of the run game. You know, like seeing the sight of like of Paddy Deegan, you know, Mikey Butler, guys like that really supporting the player with the ball, you know, running the lines. It's not the direct kind of strategic ball into TJ Reid all the time. It's very, very deliberate when they're going to do that. And I think for Kilkenny, I, I think this was a major, major victory. Just in terms of the evolution, the traditional style of Kilkenny Hurling seen to full effect. I lost count here, James, in terms of the number of dispossessions that Clare lads losing the ball. Just as the, bo- the baller slitter was going on the hurl, all of a sudden Kilkenny flick of the wrist, ball gone into a Kilkenny hand over the bar in that first second quarter. I, I lost count. Probably there was 10 or 12 instances. And I suppose Clare rattled very early by that John Conlon injury. But again, the run game couldn't be established because of all those dispossessions. And uh, I think, unfortunately for Clare, I think a few players who hadn't played in Crow Park before, I think they got a bit of stage fright, unfortunately. And as you say, I think game plan went completely out the window. And I think you can log Clare all you want the season but I think from a managerial perspective I'd say there's an awful lot of regrets in that Clare um, setup just given how the performance and how flat uh, the game went for the banner It's a difficult one uh, you know you, you can't take away from what they did in Munster I mean if you were if you're looking at the campaign from before the Munster kicked off I think most people would have had Limerick, Waterford and Cork coming out of Munster um, I don't think uh, anyone would have thought Clare would have come out but they were excellent in Munster and um uh, it, it, but it's like as good and all as that campaign was, it was such a flat display. It's really, it's really, it's just a really bad defeat to finish the year on. And um, I guess like um, Clare's campaign really, like it's it kind of Tony Kelly's kind of season kind of mirrors that. It, 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 like he was on for hurler the year there up, up until you know up until like yesterday or last weekend. But um, yeah, they just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what went on. Like, did they re- did they empty the tank in, in that Munster final and and they're spent then for the for the next two games? It's very difficult to know. And, uh, like, it's it's going to leave a lot of question marks for them over the winter to to see what went wrong. But you're right, like, in that, um, you know, it was a big call as well. Um, out of low and, yeah, like, and, you know, it's very easy to, to sit here now Um to be wise after the event, but like to to start with Fitzpatrick instead of Conlon, he hadn't played. Um, he, like that, that move didn't work. Um, but then I like I suppose it's difficult as well when like all around you, like there were firefighting all around you and all around them. And um, I don't know. Yeah, to, to, there's going to be serious soul searching them this winter down in Clare because um, as good and all as Kilkenny were. Uh, and Kilkenny can only beat what was in front of them, but Clare were equally as bad, and um, there were plenty to ponder for for Lowen in the in the off season. It's a, yeah. it's a shame, really, because they they were they were excellent in Munster. Yeah, they certainly have been excellent. You know, throughout the Munster Senior Hurling Championship, they were the form team along with Limerick. Gave Limerick as good as they got, particularly in the hurling league. Also, that Cusick Park fixture, and also in Turles in the Munster Senior Hurling final. But I suppose they were just, just look rattled, shell-shocked, low at the full-time whistle. I don't know, he was just numb. I'd never seen a manager in that sort of mode before. Just had no answers in terms of how the, the game had really unfolded. But I suppose here, Kieran, kind of looking ahead for uh, Kilkenny particularly, um, it is kind of, you know, they've gotten over the semi-final hoodoo. They had the Cork semi-final loss their last season and there seemed to be a bit of a premature talk about Brian Cody to a certain extent after that game but they certainly right the wrongs and coming out of that this game the training the four-week window uh Kilkenny have literally planned this to perfection the training sessions in Nolan Park have been on point I, I could see a definite market improvement in terms of first touch the tackling the work rate the fitness conditioning of Kilkenny as well 
there was no hint of fatigue here for the full 70 minutes. But I thought the midfield pairing here, uh, James, really did show a new element to me. Like said, Connor Brown came into the side and also Keane Kenny as well, who's been there thereabouts in terms of the squad, starting lineup, getting a few scores. I thought those two guys were absolutely outstanding in terms of their work rate, working up and down the pitch defensively, but also in the attack as well. Very potent. And I mean, Keane Kenny's goal straight after half time again. What a superb deep run there after Walter Walsh catching a majestic ball uh, in the half forward line, setting it up. So I think from a Kilkenny perspective, all the lines really did fire spectacularly well. Absolutely, Mark. And uh, there's no better manager really in the country than managing that four week break than, um, than Cody has. He's done it. Um, I know they obviously been caught in the last two years, but it, it reminded me a lot of um, the 2019 semi against Limerick in a very similar situation to Kenny kind of came in a little bit uh, under the radar, underdogs, and they were primed and ready to go. And they hit Limerick uh, and they were ravenous in uh, you know, that, those opening 20 minutes uh, against Limerick in 2019. And it was something similar. Um, the last day there because there was a difference in the in 2019 as Limerick responded whereas Clare just uh, they just never they never got to the pitch again, pitch of the game after that and um, um, yeah, yeah like the, the the big thing for big thing for Kilkenny or difference for Kilkenny for me is that Cody it doesn't seem like he's got a settled 15 but that doesn't seem to bother him at the moment like you saw there like that um, you know um We'll say Keown got the goal there coming up to half time and Walsh was on immediately for him at half time. So he has real trust in the panel at the moment. And it's just that system that they seem like they were trying to implement all year. They looked very, very comfortable with it the last day. Um players touch looked very good, as you said. And uh, just the way they worked the ball through the lines, it was you know, they, they and they were clever as well in that they, they invited Claire onto them. And then when and so when Clear pushed up, then they left the space in behind. Then so then they, when they when they wanted to go long, they did go long, and they were excellent in the air as well. Like Walsh caught some excellent ball in the second half, as did TJ. I think TJ set up had one great catch we set up for 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 Mullen, and then they were just it was just impressive um, all throughout the pitch and and for the for the seventy minutes really from Kilkenny um, perspective. But again, as I, I come back to it again and say, I, I'm not sure was it the case that Kilkenny were like unbelievable on the day, or was it the case that Clare made them look better than what they were? I, I it's difficult to know because Clare were poor on the day, but maybe the answer is maybe somewhere somewhere in between. But certainly, um, great position for Kilkenny to be in now going into Northern final. You know they they'll um, they they relish it. Absolutely, they may have been hiding behind the grass, the high grass in this fixture, but certainly not anymore after that performance. You know it was a very dominant performance. You can say all you want about Clare, but the one thing about Kilkenny, they will expose weak points in the side, and particularly when they saw how Clare were so rattled. Particularly the the press from Kilkenny, particularly in the middle third, had rims of 2019, the All-Ireland semi-final uh, with Limerick, where they really reduced the space for, um, for Limerick to really kind of impose any sort of run game. And also the Kilkenny tactic was pretty clear attacking wise, I mean, or defensively, nullify Tony Kelly and really ask the question of uh, Clare, what do you have? What is plan B? And to be perfectly fair, as you said, the Clare uh, distribution really was really poor on the dead likes. We've seen it so many times here, James, and thanks, uh, Karen, for joining as well. We're just on the Clare Kilkenny uh, post game uh, reaction here. Karen, we might get you in here just in terms of Clare. And their distribution into the insightful forward line at times was absolutely horrific. Um, I, I just felt so sorry for the likes of Ian Galvin to be hauled off in that way because really the quality of ball that was coming out of him was absolutely dog poor. Absolutely, yeah. If you look back, like a different Clare team to what we saw, especially in the Munster final and, and the lead up to it, you know, I think uh, some people are kind of looking as to as, as an excuse or a reason why this happened against Kenny. You could say the same thing happened against Wexford, only they were lucky enough to just get away with it on the day. Uh, I think the stronger bench that they had over Wexford was probably the key that day. But, you know, Wexford had him in all sorts of bother as well. And, uh, you know, someone actually said to me after the Munster final, was that Clare's All-Ireland that day? And, you know, looking back, I think it probably was because uh, they looked like a completely different team since that day. They put so much into that into that Munster campaign, didn't they, Kieran? Like, the, like that is the question, I suppose. That they'll uh, like uh, loan, and then we're going to be be a long winter for them. Like, but did they empty the tank in that? In that, like, 
to put so much into it and to still come out, like they're getting all they're getting all the plaudits after it, but they still lost the game. Do you know what I mean? And like, uh, like what we were saying to Mark there earlier, that I kind of thought they were lucky enough to get out of, out of the Wexford game. A couple of decisions could have gone the other way, and Wexford might have been home and hose. But you thought that that was, you know, that was that was the older system, and that they, um, like I fancied them uh, to be honest with you last weekend, but um, they were actually they were actually worse worse again than they were uh, against Wexford, and I, yeah, like I just thought they're they're. Their entire game plan went out the window, and they were just extremely one-dimensional and um, played into Ke- into Kenny's hands. Yeah, I think like when you look back to the most final, like Clare put it up to Limerick physically, you know, and that's what the Kenny team normally does. But Clare just let him, you know. There was no fight back in them. There was no. Um, it's just what we weren't used to seeing for the, especially the round robin games and the most final. You know, Clare bought the fight from in a one, and that just wasn't there. Is it a case where, and we've seen in the last two games, you mark Tony Kelly and this Clare team aren't firing the same way as they would if you don't mark him? You know, I think Limerick has shown the two games they've played them, they didn't man mark him. You probably run him up a little bit, but I think when Kelly plays well, the rest of them seem to play well around him. But I think with Wexford and Shane Reck and, and Mikey Butler for Kenny, like they just done amazing jobs in Kelly, and I think but might have scored a point from play against Kenny and. While Shane Reck was in the field, same day, same thing, a point from play. So, um, is it the case that they over rely on, on Kelly? Look, don't get me wrong, Kelly is a wonderful player, probably the best player hurler in the country. But, you know, he's one man in a team of 15. You know, you, you won't win that Ireland with one good hurler in your team. No, but they're forward, but they're forward. Yeah, you're, you're right. But they're forward, like Barrow O'Donnell, maybe, who did actually, your top, he did bring a big, bit of fight to Kenny in that second half. But the, the whole forward line were, were sniffed out and. He just seemed. I, I thought Kelly seemed very static. Like you know, normally he'd be kind of drifting, kind of um, getting out and ball, and he makes him kind of a bit, um, a bit of a conundrum in terms of who picks him up. But um, he's very static in the day. And geez, like um, I was saying it to Mark earlier, that there was a tweet I saw where um, they were wondering if um, when he woke up on Sunday morning would, um, would Butler be next to him in the bed, like because um, he, he he completely marked him out of the game. Yeah, he was completely nullified and uh, I don't know just clear overall the whole forward line just you know very very poor in the day Yeah, I suppose can we talk about TJ Reid lads I mean I thought he was absolutely amazing for this performance this, uh, himself Adrian Mullen and Owen Cody combining for 17 points but I'm on TJ Reid talk about leadership up front just really led by example and he's free taken again was just absolutely dead on um when probably Claire's were just faltering you know with each passing minute but I suppose Kieran TJ Reid what can you say about the man uh again another All-Ireland Hurland final and gonna be a very hard man to stop for Limerick on Sunday week absolutely and when you look at the he, he started the campaign for him and wasn't he uh Trapped for a certain game as well, you know, but the form he's shown the last couple of weeks, just unbelievable. Um, he's free-taken, like, he has to be the best dead ball striker in the country, like, you know, from any angle, doesn't matter. Uh, and, and ball winning in the air, like, he's he's just class. He's just unbelievable. Um, he touched on Mullen as well, I think, and we were critical of Mullen earlier in the year and kind of talked about where is his best position to play for Kenny, but I think really in midfield, he's just, he's Lord in there, you know, five points in play. Albeit he was getting a lot of space and potentially won't get the same space in the final, but, you know, just having a, a, a superb year. I think, you know, them three guys, the, the Ballyhale guys, Mullen, TJ Reid and Owen Cody, you know, they're really, they are the leaders in this Kilkenny team, you know. I think if either of them were to not be there, it would be a, a big a big loss for them, for Kilkenny. Like, but I think the go back three or four months, kind of, Middle of the league to now, you know, this Kilkenny team, or it's a completely different team to what we're seeing all along. Yeah, it's a completely different animal, Kieran and uh, James, certainly. I think those training sessions after the Leinster Hurland final, definitely with the post game comments from players and management, really did make use of that time to literally get together, regroup, address some of the attacking and defensive issues that may have been seen in the round robin. They're a completely different animal here and as we all well know, Kilkenny and All-Ireland final are going to be so hard to beat, particularly in Crow Park. I suppose, guys, we can switch to following day, uh, Sunday afternoon uh, in Crow Park, GAHQ. 
with the fixture of Limerick and Galway, I suppose, Kieran, being a Limerick man, you were up at the game. After about 10 minutes, it looked very routine for Limerick, but all credit to Galway, storm back into the game. And geez, it, there was, you know, again, nothing to separate these teams again coming down the stretch. Uh, what were your reactions to the game, first off? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the first, like, 10 minutes in, you were thinking, you know, routine win, maybe on the cards. Uh, Gillan and uh, Gillan, especially, but Gillan and Flanagan were seemed to be running the muck up there. You know, the two were two or three points from play within the first few minutes. Um, I think Galway moved Cahal Mannion, and, and that kind of changed that. And momentum fairly quickly changed to be with Galway for, I think, for the remainder of that second half. I think Limerick were probably clinging on at times. I think or Galway definitely got the uh, they got the, the the matchups right then, and I think they could have had Limerick in all type of trouble. But I think it's typical Limerick. They don't panic. Doesn't matter how many minutes on the clock. Um, they just keep going, keep playing the system they play, and they must have serious trust in it because uh, you know they all seem to play to this plan. And I think that's two games in a row where you can see. They, they dug themselves out of a hole where it could, it could have easily gone the other way, but if Doug kept fighting and dug themselves out of a hole, albeit I think the Limerick bench was a huge factor. You know, again, we're comparing Kilkenny to a couple of months ago. You know, starting into the round robin, a lot of people would have been critical of Limerick's bench, but I think it's shown uh, it's the opposite of what I thought as well and what other people would have thought. I think Dave Reedy was sublime when he came off the bench. You know, um, it might have been a lot of space and I think it was kind of highlight in the Sunday game where because Keane Lynch had come on and was kind of gathering a lot of attention that Reedy was kind of a free man. But still in all, I think the three points he took were sublime points from, you know, from far out to field. Um, same for Cahill O'Neill, you know, he's had the exposure early on in the year and, and has played a few early games, especially around Robin games. And... You know, I gained a bit of experience, and to bring him on, you know, I thought he had a superb shift as well. And I think, look, the Limerick half hour then really struggled, but one thing I liked about Kylie, he just he took him off. You know, he made a change. He didn't leave them there. Um, and it's, you know, there's no man above the team. I think in that regard, like it's uh, whether you're Grod Hegarty or Tom Morrissey, you're like you're you're still a number on that team, and you're replaceable. And I think we've seen it from Kylie over the especially the last few months where I think when, when Keane Lynch was not injured, where he said the next man in, you know, and I think that is something that they do practice because, you know, the half hour line was not going well and it was a case of next man in and, you know, it did see it over the line for us. Yeah. James, get you in there. Uh, what were your reactions to the game? And I suppose looking at it, maybe from a Galway perspective, I had images of 2020, the All-Ireland semi-final where, really went down to the wire, level pegging, and I thought maybe is this this time round Galway going to really... There was a catch there from Porrick Mannion uh, from a puck out. I think uh, Nicky Quaid, as soon as Keane Lynch came in, ball dropped in around Keane Lynch, and Porrick Mannion leapt, caught the ball, and the, the crowd reaction um, for that, and I thought, oh, here we go. As a Limerick man, I was worried, but... I suppose from a goal perspective, James, is this one that may have gotten away? It, it possibly is, Mark. It, 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 this was definitely their their best performance of the year. I thought they were they were after say a slow enough start when Limerick looked like they might actually pull away, but still Galway even even in that first ten minutes they they had chances themselves, but their but their I suppose their shot shot conversion was quite poor. But um, yeah, they got they got a foothold in the game, and if you'd said to me beforehand that like I. Like everyone talking before, I that they were overly reliant on on Connor Whelan, but he had a I thought quite enough game. But um, Ma- Mannion and Monaghan really, really really stepped up, like and Cannon as well, like got an excellent goal. But I thought midfield they were excellent. I thought um, you know Glennon got a couple of good scores. I thought David Burke was was very very good for them. Um, got on a lot of ball for them and linked the play very well. And um, just really for me, like the the bench really made a huge difference for for Limerick, and it's just. Like it's just Limerick's composure that for me and like Galway were up by what they were point up with seven minutes to go and um, it's just they could never get that second second point ahead and Limerick just don't do panic and you know that's that's two games in a row now where everything's been thrown at them where the opposition are playing to their full potential and you know 
they haven't panicked at all whatsoever. Um, they're just so so composed, and they've you know and they're do, and they're operating as well with um, you know you have the likes of Lynch and stuff that's still to come back. You know, like and that's another big plus for for them for the finals. They got some game time into him, and they just don't do panic. They're like very 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 difficult team to beat, and um, even when they're not going. As you said, Kieran, the, you know, the, like Hagerty and Morrissey not going well, and like Kylie hooks them off, no bother. Like, and um, I thought Kyle Hayes stood up to the mark, and like even with like the last couple of minutes when they moved him back into, into the full back line, Derry was catching ball as well, and um, just they're just a, a very seasoned team um, uh, with such composure that um, very very difficult to um, to actually put them away. McGauley will look back and really think um, in the last ten minutes just just lacked a bit of composure. They had they had some chances and you know they hit some they hit some poor whites in contrast that to Limerick then you know. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah we were mentioning the Limerick half forward line not not going well. I think that's testament to Galway's half back line. You know, Joe Cooney, Park Mannion, Fintan Burke. You know, they were really on top the whole game. You know, so I think it wasn't the case. Hegarty and Morrissey just weren't on song. They weren't let play. You know, and, and that obviously was a an area that the Galway had targeted. Um, I think as well for for Galway, I think um, Tom Allen, another super game. I think he's had he's had an unbelievable year. I think, and you know, if you're looking at players going into next year and the years to come, you know, I think he's one of them guys that the team will be built around because uh, I think he's had a very good year for Galway. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. I think the overall sentiment here in Galway, I'm based here in Galway myself, one of disappointments. I think is one that they let Limerick off the hook again. That's been the overriding reaction here. Uh, I think the 19 wides. You know, particularly first half when they were very dominant in that second quarter, there was some horrific shot selection in that particular open period. Kyle Mannion really did step it up as well when he came out the pitch a little bit, kind of really kind of uh, creating those pockets of space again, very a la Tony Kelly. And I suppose Kilkenny will have duly noted that. You can imagine an Adrian Mullen or own Cody really kind of honing in on that kind of aspect on things. But in all honesty, um, Galway, I suppose the tale of the tape, the composure, I think, James, you alluded to, where Limerick trusted the process, continued to run their game plan. Galway made a few changes, and I think with about seven or eight minutes to go, they really ditched the passing game, going through the lines, and went very direct, very quickly at the end. I suppose they paid dividends, caring a little bit on the rank and can goal, but does that raise a little bit of a question in terms of Limerick defensively? I think for David Burke, it was a great kind of distribution inside you know the, how fast he got the ball out really flat-footed Peter Casey but is that a, maybe a source of concern here going into an all-Aaron Hurling final against Kilkenny and a predator like TJ Reid around the square? To be honest for myself I think hit, I think it was actually a miss hit I think it was actually meant to be struck for a point uh, and drop short that's what my opinion was on watches um, I think Mike Casey was so far ahead of him I don't think he was expecting the ball in um, I, I'd be willing to give them the benefit of the doubt on it because really they have been so tight and, and I think the full back line have been exceptional this year I think Mike Casey coming back in after a long term injury I think he's really stepped in um, I think he's obviously doing all the right things uh, keeping Dan Morrissey out of the number 3 jersey you know he's we know how well Dan has gone for the last few years but I think the, the back three of Finn and Nash and, and uh, Casey have just I think they'll be very good this year and uh uh, I'd be willing to let that slide uh, on the benefit of, I think it might have been a misses. Now, Cannon read it well, finished very well, well-taken goal. Nicky Quay could not about it, but I'd be willing to let it go just for a, on one occasion. James, can I get you back in here as well? Just to think, we talk about there, Limerick defensively, but there were a few unsung heroes there on that Limerick side, no more so than probably Dermot Burns and probably my player of the, the year for Limerick so far and Barry Nash, I mean, another standout performance by the South Liberties man, but Dermot Burns in a high-pressured situation, six points from freeze, some long-range testers. I mean, those two guys really did stand up well for Limerick as well on Sunday. Huge, like, yeah. Um, it's just, like, but, uh, Burns has been after it all years, you know, he's, 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 he's like, um, it's, but it, like, it comes back to what you were saying a second ago, it's just, they just don't do panic. Um, they just don't do panic at all. And, um, uh, I, I guess that like you probably you get that I suppose with you know they're they're on the road as a team together now winning since you know twenty twenty eighteen and um, 
they just seem to have that trust, not, not just in the process, but trust in trust in each other as well. And um, uh, he was excellent. Yeah, we talked about Nash has been like because you'd have Finn down is probably arguably the top cornerback in, in the game, but Nash has been he's been brilliant all year for them as well. And um, I like it's. I, I, I'm kind of laughing to myself when I, I listened to Kylie after the game. He was, um, you know, um, talking down to or talking up to Kenny. Sorry, um, you know, they're the team going for three in a row, and he was very much trying to um, put the um, the favourites tag on Kilkenny. But um, I, I think Limerick are going to be. It sets up for a fascinating final, but I, I think Limerick are going to be very, very difficult to beat. Karen, we'll get you back in here as well. I suppose we'll talk about final in a few minutes, but uh, Aaron Galan again. You know, really coming up trumps. Patrick Swellman has had a phenomenal year. And again, some of the point taken in the first and second half, left or right, just phenomenal on the day. And again, going to be an important cock for Limerick in this All-Iron Hurl final on Sunday week. Absolutely, yeah. Um, the first five or six minutes, the, the two or three points he hit there, they, they were just sublime. Like, you know, he trademark from him at this stage, you know, take the ball over the shoulder. Um, but I think if you are looking forward to the final... I think uh, obviously Mikey Butler is an, an out and out defender, uh, defender, and will you know probably task him with picking up uh, Gillan. But there's still trouble there for Kilkenny. Like Hugh Lawler is a, a physical type of fullback. You know, Shamie Flanagan, the work rate he do, he gets through the only game, like the the movement. You know, I don't know about Hugh Lawler, I like to be picking him up, following him around the, the field. And if we do see Peter Casey back in, you know, like that's you know, for any full back line to see that full forward line line up against you, I must put the shivers down the back of your neck. You know, it's it's whatever ball hole in one, deadly four, but, you know, to potentially face three, hard to know when Casey starts. I suppose it all depends on what he's doing in training. But, yeah, look, it's the point you're making, Lange Lange, He's he's been exceptional all year. I think but our only... Um, Downfall for Glenn is probably his own, his, his head, you know, and, and keeping the head. And I think this year, obviously, okay, we've had earlier tests to it, but uh, I think if you look back to the Munster final and Conor Cleary was, you know, what was going on from, but they were given it as good as it, and they were given it, both of them were given it and, and taking it. But, you know, I think I was very impressed with how he kept the head. Could have easily lost it in that situation and would have been a silly red card. But, no more so than this All Ireland final with the referee just being named Colin Lyons. I think, you know, he's one of these guys who's going to be looked at under a fine two comb, and I think he just has to keep the head for the final. You know, one more day, and uh, because he's important. If Limerick have any aspiration to win this All Ireland, Gillan has to stay in the field. The only thing you'd say with Kilkenny is that um, they like, you know, I don't see them going down the route of um, of targeting Limerick players. That's just not really. I don't think that's in, in kind of Cody's makeup. Um, but like on Galan, he's just, you know, because you know what he's going to do, but, you know, he, he's out there, gets out in front, and this is that, that that turn, he's turning the sixpence and he's gone and it's over the bar. It's just, it's it's phenomenal to watch. And um, those first, first six or seven minutes, he was he was kind of unplayable that God didn't know what to do. And, um, but um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I get your point on, on lines for, for, you know, for the final, um, but I, I just don't see Kenny going down that route of, of trying to agitate at Limerick. I, I just don't think it's in their style. So I think it's just, like, they obviously give Tony Kelly the attention last week, you know, saw him as a threat, obviously he is, but, you know, I think the last team who kind of didn't pick out players for special attention was Cork in the other final last year, mm-hmm. and, you know, we, we know what happened there, like, uh, Galan and, and Flanagan run a muck, ran a muck inside her, you know, and had all the space in the world. So I do think, uh, yeah, Galan, he's hard to stop, but I wouldn't let them be running free either. No, certainly not. And I think maybe Kilkenny's tactics will be really to squeeze that middle third a little bit, particularly, you know, putting players back behind. I can see the wing forwards for Kilkenny coming back deep, particularly on puckouts, getting those second balls, even dare I say, sweeper system a little bit, just in front of maybe Galan or Flanagan as well. Cut out that ball as well. That was done so effectively by Galway as well. So I think it's going to be intriguing to see how Limerick try to unlock that maze of Kilkenny middle third players, really. I think it's going to be very 2019, I think, Karen, a little bit 
just in terms of the All Ireland semi final. I think they will set up very like that, where maybe a two man full forward line inside. Would it be fair to say that um, this is, uh, you know, he won't say it now, Kylie won't say it, and they, they won't say it from the Limerick camp, but this is probably the game that they they would have wanted, I'd say, because there's probably, you know, I know they did, they did beat them in the quarter final in um, 18, but uh, that 19 semi final, I would say, would still rank it with them, and it's this is the team. You know, this is the county Kilkenny that um, you know to really cement the greatness of this team would be to beat Kilkenny um, in an order in the final, and um, they could do that. I mean, that's you know that that completes the set for them, really, isn't it? I, I, a million, I, million percent, million percent. I think from a Limerick's perspective, geez, I don't care who they beat to get to an order in the final and win it, but there is a perception from I think from Kilkenny especially that you haven't beat us in the final yet, and until you do that. You're not going to be a good team or go down as a good team. That's the viewpoint I think from maybe not Brian Cody or the players, but from Kilkenny people and fans' perspective is that until you beat the Kilkenny team in the final, you won't be go down as a good team. So I think that and I think there has to be a lot of hurt over the semi final in nineteen. Not the result and the sixty five that wasn't given, but I think the how Limerick performed in that first half. They were completely blown away. I think it was a, a case of, like Limerick in 2013 against Clare in the All-Ireland semi-final where they put the cart before the horse, you know, thought it was a foregone conclusion. We beat these guys last year, handy in 18. We'll just turn up and do it again this year. I think I think that Limerick team learned a big, big lesson that day. Is that when you're on top, you're going to be a target for every day you go to battle. And that's why they're having to pull themselves out of these situations like Galway the last day and Clare the Munster final. Every team is going to throw lock, stock and barrel at this team to try and beat them. And I think that lesson has been learned. And I think there probably is a, a, a sense of hurt there over that result and over how the whole match ended in 19. There probably is a perception in there that maybe we should be going for five in a row this year. You know, um, not taking away from Tipperary's win, but I think, you know, how Limerick had dismantled Tipperary in that Munster final in 2019, there, I think there would be a fair assumption to make that if Limerick had beaten Kenny that day, that now, you know, the Liberty should be going for five in a row. But, yeah, I think they're, don't know if it'll be used by Kylie, but I think it's definitely there in the back of the heads. I agree, Sorry, I first, I thought, first 20 minutes. And 2019, all right, I, I, I would be 100% in agreement to that, that if, if Limerick had got over to Kenny, I, I couldn't have seen any way that Tip were going to beat them in the final. Um, like, um, I'd say Sheedy uh, couldn't believe his luck when... Um, um, Kenny did the um, their dirty work really effectively and knocked Limerick out. You know, um, you know, that, I mean, a bit harsh maybe on because they were they were rocking in that um, that semi final. Wexford probably should have taken them in that semi final as well. Tip. So I think maybe that was probably an lawyer and that um, they got sort of against the grain. But uh, well, I suppose going back to your point, Karen, I suppose that fifteen the first fifteen twenty minutes for Kilkenny in 2019, it really didn't mirror what happened in 2007 in that All-Ireland Hurling Final against Limerick. Limerick are just going to have to contend with a very, very fast start from Kilkenny. We're going to look to kind of blow Limerick out of the water here. You know, looking for, don't want to say mismatches here, but look to get inside full forward line, maybe catch an early goal from maybe Cohan or TJ Reid, build up a four or five point lead. So I think for Limerick, they, they see what's in front of them. They see a very good Kilkenny side, but I think on the other hand, I think Limerick, they're going to focus in on performance. And again, the half-forward line have plenty to prove here. Giroud Hegarty, Tom Morrissey as well. I didn't ha- think he had a bad game, and he hit a marvellous point from the sideline, a key point in that second half before being substituted. I think those two guys really going to kind of warm to the occasion as well. And I think it could be an absolute epic encounter here. And, you know, 50-50 game. I suppose, guys, can we get maybe initial calls? Because we'll have maybe an All-Ireland preview next week. But I suppose, Karen and James, right now, what's your gut telling you? I suppose, look, there's no... Limerick have not played to the same heights that they played, I suppose, the All-Ireland final last year and even before it. Now, maybe that's a case where it's down to playing without Keane Lynch. Who knows? He's such a just a magician on the ball and what he creates for the team going forward, uh, you know, no one can take that away from him. I think there's a lot of players in the team that haven't been performing uh, to the heights of maybe the last year or two. I think I've been really disappointed with Will O'Donoghue this year. I know he goes about his work in a kind of a 
a quiet way, but I don't think he's been effective. In well, like compared to last year, like, I think he just destroyed all around him last year. Uh, Dar Donovan, I thought, had a good start of the year, and he's kind of been quiet the last game or two as well. Tom Morris, I, th- I think Tom Morris is having a really poor year for him. You know, I think he's, you look, he'll still chip away with his two or three points a game, but and he gets through an awful amount of work, but he's he's not as noticeable on the ball, um, or not putting in a bigger performance than he was last year. Hegarty, I think Hegarty has really stepped it up. He had a very poor year last year after being hurt earlier the year before. I think, for me, I think since Keith Lynch has gone, has been missing injured, I think everything for me has gone through Hegarty going forward. I think he's just, we were so used to seeing Hegarty on the flanks, you know, popping up left and right in space. But everything Hegarty's been doing this year is in the middle of the field and he's been involved in so much and forward and so much good things going forward that, you know, I, th- I think he's really stepped up, uh, taking up the mantle from, from, from Lynch to be missing. I think defensively, we're probably solid. Um, you know, Burns having a great year. Declan Hannon, you know, he seems to be getting better with age. Uh, Dan Marcy, you know, going about his business fairly okay. Uh, and the half-back line we touched on earlier. I Yeah, I think if the whole, if the Limerick team click and if they play like we know they can play, um, I think on paper, you'd have to say Limerick. You know, I think we, like, going back, Two months ago, I don't think Kilkenny would have been. If you were to give a hundred guys a fiver to go on back the All Ireland winner, I don't think Kilkenny would have featured many out of that hundred people. Obviously, okay, they are a different team now, and they're obviously hard to beat in Crow Park and in finals. But I think, you know, Limerick, the, the experience the last couple of years, uh, <coughs> Lynch and potentially Casey coming back in, I think it'll add another dimension. Uh, so for me, I think at the minute it's. It all boils down to Limerick win. Yeah, James. Well, I, I'd be agreeing with that. Yeah, I'd, I'd say Kylie probably would, would, would have liked another maybe week in between. Would have liked to, um, to guess. It's difficult to know what. Um, it's difficult to know fitness wise on on Lynch and uh, and Casey there. But um, like I don't know. Like what the the team selection is going to be quite interesting here because um, like do you just do we see Lynch? That it was very nice, but it all depends on how, really how training goes the next couple of weeks. But do, do we see Lynch starting, or do, do you think he'll um, he'll be on the bench? And if he does start, then like do, do we do, does he start midfield, or does he start like or do he move Hayes? That's going to be an interesting kind of situation as well. Um, but I, I would I, I think like Kenny were good the last day, and you know they they did seem very comfortable in in. The game plan that they were trying to play they weren't as one-dimensional as they had been in, in other games but I do think you have to look at Clare as well Clare were extremely poor on the day and uh, Kieran alluded to it there a minute ago um, if you had said before the you know championship threw in you probably wouldn't even get Kilkenny in the top four I wouldn't have thought um, or teams likely to win the All-Ireland um, but they're there now and you know they won't be easily beaten but I, I find it hard to go against Limerick um, at the moment but I suppose we'll see what happens with them um, Next week with uh, teams that are named and stuff, but um, yeah, for me, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be leaning towards Limerick. Yeah. I think as well, the one thing Limerick probably have over at the minute is Kilkenny are probably going to be a little bit predictable. You know, well they've lined out the, the same way for the last couple of days. You know, because like as you say, if Lynch does come back in, you know, where will Hayes lie out? Where will Lynch lie out? So I think Limerick can hold that, uh, and it's something that Kilkenny possibly might find it harder to prepare for. You know, if if Hayes does go back to seven, that's a completely different game than if Dan Marcy plays seven. You know, so uh, I think I think I agree with you, James. They all agree in the team selection, and uh, I think we all know Hayes is probably a little bit lost up in the forward, especially the full forward line. Better the last day, send the forward. But I think, you know, I think I think everyone's in agreement. With, we'd love to see him back wing back again. I think it's his most natural position and does more damage going forward when there's plenty of grass in front of him. Hundred percent, yeah. Yeah, he has to be coming onto the ball, yeah. Um, so that it, it, it's you know, he, he, well, he like he, he, he was good again the last day, but yeah, it does. It's, it's coming down to team selection really to see what happens. I'd be just be interesting to see how, how, because he didn't look like, and you wouldn't expect him to either. Lynch when he came on the last day didn't look up to the, to, to the pitch of the game. So, but um, been out for so long that um. You know, another. I'd say it's Kylie. Yeah, he would. He would just like another week. I'd say. You know, it's um, that condensed kind of um, two weeks between the semi and the and the final. Um, um, it's it's tight enough. I'd say. You know. 
but we'll see. I suppose we'll see next week what um, where the team is named. Yeah, I think to be fair, team selections next week. But from a Limerick perspective, if there is going to be a starting line of change, probably Peter Casey inside an inside full forward line. Um, I think Kieran, I think Keane Lynch will be held in reserve, maybe for the last 20-25 minutes. It's great to see him back on the pitch, Keane Lynch. But I think Peter Casey looked a little bit more sharper. But again, it'll all depend this week, I would think, as we're recording this. There's probably been a few competitive in-house games before the media comes in uh, town next week and the lead up to the final. I'd slightly edge it to Limerick, but again, I think we know what Kilkenny are going to bring to the table. They're going to look to rattle Limerick quick, fast, hard, early. I think if Limerick can maybe quell the first 15, 20 minutes here, I think they have a magnificent chance of getting the three in a row, but I suppose Kilkenny, they're, uh, they love to thwart in all three in a row, uh, James, I suppose. The only thing with Limerick is that they should be primed for it, you know, they have no, yeah. like, um, I, I, you know, 2019 they got caught, they would have seen what um, they did to Clare the, the last day, so I mean, um, you know, they've, you know, there's no excuses for Limerick to be, to be caught in the, in the, as rabbit in the headlights this time around, so I don't expect that. Um, I think, I think 2019 is a big motivating factor as well, and um, I would expect Limerick to be, um, if Kenny hit the ground running, I'd be expecting Limerick to be um, also there as well, uh, hitting the ground running as well. So um, it could be, could be a very, could be a ferocious first uh, um, 15, 20 minutes getting, um, you know, for a team to try and get um, um, stranglehold on the game. So um, very interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any column lines at all here, no, guys. No. First 15, 20 minutes could be ferocious stuff here altogether, you know. Um, guys, can we kind of quickly switch to the minors? Thoughts on that minor All-Ireland Hurling final? What a dramatic finish in UPMC Nolan Park. Awfully looked destined to win. But uh, all credit to Perry, you just don't know when they were beaten this side. You know, you think back to Waterford in the Munster Senior Ireland Championship, or minor championship, Clare in the Munster final. Galway pegged them back and only to for Tip's composure to see them through to score 1-2 at the end of that epic game in the Gaelic grounds. But, um, Kieran, you can't but not feel a little bit heartbroken for Offaly, just given the manner of the defeat here. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, I think <clears throat> if you were to look at the whole game, Offaly were the, the better team, I think, over the over the hour. Um, it kind of felt to me the last 20 minutes, they were kind of just seeing it out. You know, I think they probably could have done a little bit more. They were kind of had that five, six-point cushion all the time, and... They were like a team. They're just going to see it out. Uh, I think Ravenhill, who has been, he's it's going to be an, ups, an exceptional hurler. I think he probably one of his quieter days. Probably was well Marshall, but I think he he wasn't as influential as he was in games I've seen him this year. Um, Adam Screeny is another top class hurler. Um, uh, I think you, really, you know these, these are the guys awfully need if awfully want to come back out of the doldrums and back into. Fighting for Liam McCarthy's, you know, these are the types of hurlers these awfully need. And I think Ravenhill and Screedy to me just pop out. I think they're uh, exceptional. But yeah, you, you do have to feel sorry for Offaly made all this year winning Leinster. And, uh, you know, I don't think anyone would have regards from the All Ireland. Just the, the manner and, and how it finished, you know, I think uh, maybe they know how we feel now after 94. That's all I can say. I was just thinking that actually, yeah, that is a. <laughs> Uh, very similar to 94, right? But uh, yeah, heartbreaking for them, really. They were the better team for um, 50 minutes of that game, really. And then um, it looked like they were they're going to see it out. But um, I don't know, like you, you know, Rob, Robinson through that time uh, looked like he was going to win for a goal. And then you know, obviously the red card then with the, with the hurley throw. And um, yeah, just, uh, I suppose, maybe a bit similar to similar team to what we were saying earlier on with, with Galway's. They just kind of lacked a little bit of composure. And um, Kind of chip just kind of hung in there, really, didn't they? And uh, to say that last play for the goal, though, like I will say as well, like that, I I thought that was a free house, but um, it wasn't given, and like um, I, you know, it was I've, I've never seen anything like that. The way the, the ball was just it was just lofted up there like a you know, like a, a pitching wedge in golf, and um, I, I'd like for it to be hammered into the net in the manner that it was. Like I seen balls doubled on, like but not not for the fella running onto it and just slamming it in nearly like a like a tennis smash um but uh, devastating for Offaly yeah but I I agree with what Kieran is saying is that like the likes of you know Screeny and Ravenhill and I thought Hand as well these are the guys that um you know they can take this defeat um 
you know, and hopefully learn from us. But it's you want to keep these guys. These are the guys now that are going to be driving this, driving the thing um, forward for them through twenties and hopefully onto senior as well. And but we need awfully back and um, you know, but but for Tip, um, you know, they they've done it all year. They they hung in there. Um, never know when they're beaten, which is a great sign in a, in a in a team as well. I thought like you know, O'Farrell was excellent for them in the half back line and. You know, Foley and Daly as well in midfield, but they just they just hung in there and um, like uh, as I said, that that play for the goal in the last minute was uh, was unbelievable. Um, and the other thing as well I thought was excellent as well is that um, you know it's been probably a bit of hoopla about taking the um, you know whether the minor games should be you know on with the senior games in Crow Park, but to take it out there and have it down in Nolan Park as a standalone fixture, you know, twenty seven thousand people there, um, really. Gave it a sense of occasion. I thought it was a um, great spectacle and looked great on the TV. You know, sometimes there you can get minor games. We get, can get a bit lost uh, in Crow Park. You know, when senior crowd for, aren't fully in there yet. And um, but uh, I it was a great occasion, great spectacle. Yeah, no, it was an incredible atmosphere, guys, wasn't it? I mean, full house, not a lot of juveniles there as well in the crowd. Next generation of Tipperary and awfully horrors potentially. But I have to applaud Tipperary here, lads. Like when Damien Corber gets the red card for, he could he could throw Javelin Farland in Paris if he wants to, but to be fair to him, like once he gets sent off, that any other team could have maybe folded, but for Tip Dent out score awfully one five to two points in the last eleven minutes of that game, really shows massive balls and determination to get back into that game. And I thought the half back line after that sending off were absolutely immense, as you said, O'Farrell, O'Halloran, O'Callaghan. Feeling comes on as well, guys, puts a point over, and I thought he's free at the end. He gave Tipperary players a chance with an immaculate free lob in, and to be fairness to McCormick, like the leap and then the absolute pull in the air. Now, I think there was a bit of naivety in the Offaly defending. I saw a fullback for Offaly putting his hand up when it should have just been batted out. Literally, any work would do at that stage, but I think you take nothing away from Tipperary here. They've showed resilience, massive determination throughout the year and given the spread of clubs within Tipperary that have been represented and these mightn't have been the most marquee of clubs 25 clubs 35 players in the panel I think it's a magnificent achievement from James Woodlock here and it really sets Tipperary in motion you could see the strength conditioning of this Tipperary minor team as well really coming to the fore they've finished games extremely strong I'm thinking about the Galway All-Ireland semi-final where Galway threatened to win late but Tipperary came on strong and I mean, Woodlock there providing an awful lot of good minor material for like Sir Brendan Cummins and the under 20s next season. So I think Tipperary, eventually, they're building an underage program again. And I think that should bear fruits in senior in a few years. So I think no pressure on maybe Colin Bonner here a little bit as well with that underage talent coming through because they will be looking for game time for sure. But I think as well, Mark, it's uh, we're talking about awfully needing these young hurlers. I think Tipperary need them as well. You know, exactly. Because... Uh, you know, they're not in the, the position they're in at the minute. You know, it's exactly what they need is a, a very good minor team coming up and maybe a few more behind them as well. Absolutely. And I suppose Offaly as well, Shirley and Martin and just six or seven, those guys really primed for under 20. And, you know, I, I think here and James, you've alluded to it in the past to just deliver more and more underage panels like this, get more guys into the senior panel with that quality to really kind of come in. James, you, you want to come in there? It's, it's still very young though, and it's like you know, like previous years of minor, they're like you're you're they're year older, and it is still very like you still have to transition through to under twenty, and even still the gap from under twenty to like we're just seeing it there in Cork, we're getting well, we're getting a few players through, I suppose, but um, you know, with two under twenty um, titles there the last couple of years, and it, it's still you know the players still aren't ready for the very few players that are ready to come straight out of under 20 even and straight into senior so they're like it is a process so you just have to be a bit of patience there and I suppose you need um you need um you need buy-in really and from uh, you know to, to, from the coaching side of things as well that there's a pattern of play that um you know that you're you're developing from minor through under 20 to the you know to, to the senior the, the type of play that you want to play then at senior but um yeah I'd, I'd be I'd be hopeful for Offaly that um, we need we need Offaly back really. They're you know they've been in the doldrums for far too long, and um, the you know the, those teams in the the eighties and the nineties. I mean, the team in the nineties was you know great entertainers really, and um, uh, it, I think it'd just be great. More teams, you know, the more competitive teams we have in hurling uh, at the top table, the, the better the game is for us. No, I think as well. 
you know, the work doesn't stop there. I think Cork learned that last year and into this year that just because you're winning underage doesn't mean you're going to carry it on to senior. And, you know, we we, we learned that the hard way years ago, 321s in a row and, oh, and no senior success out of it. So I think the, you know, just to, the work in the county boards shouldn't have stopped at this level. You know, it, uh, it needs to carry on to bring it all up to the, to the next oh, level. 100% Kieran, yeah, but I suppose with, with Offaly in particular, they just needed a spark, didn't they, to kind of, um, just to, you know, to, to, to kind of get things going anyway, like, to, you know, to, to, you know, to, this would drive, hopefully drive things. It's just been so, at such a low ebb, because um, all really we're looking for from Offaly is just to get back um, competing. You know, nobody's looking at um, and winning, uh, you know, senior All-Ireland with them, but they're just back competing at the top table, because they've just, they've just been, they've been uncompetitive for, for, for too long now. Yeah, we were all hearing the work that was going on in the background, Michael Dignan and Shane Lowry mm-hmm. getting involved. I think this is just kind of fruits to that now. And they, they really have the county behind them when you see the support regarding getting out there for uh, for a minor final. You know, if, you know, they have the whole county behind them, the back of them. I think that's all they wanted. That's all they need. Yeah, even passing through Offaly there over the weekend on the Sunday. Tullamore was awash with fans, spectators, wishing the team well when they came back. And also in Burr as well, big crowds greeting that Offaly team. So they galvanised the county um, this summer. So, I mean, if that doesn't do anything for the hurling programme of Offaly, I don't think anything will. So, but uh, commiserations to Offaly, congratulations to Tipperary. On a, you know, it's been a very memorable minor championship. There's been some cracking games here and, you know, we've seen some potential stars in the making. In the next few years, I suppose, guys. Before we go, the intercounty merry go round uh, has started in earnest. I suppose, James, get your opinions on the events down in Leeside. Karen Kingston has stepped aside, and Pat Ryan looks poised to become the next Cork uh, manager. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, it was looking like at, at one point that Kingston was going to. To the rumor was that he was going to to stay on, even after another year. But then um, uh, there's been a lot of um, I suppose sniping in the county. Um, a lot of you know in the media and a lot of supporters would kind of see that that is you know he run his, his term had run his course and they kind of regressed a bit this year. I think you know the he didn't really he didn't really have a seem to have a, a settled style of play or pattern and he was kind of I don't know he seemed to be kind of still unsure of the team kind of you know the you know, putting square pegs in round holes, you know, he persisted with Coleman at centre back for for too long. And I, I, I you know, uh, just the impression I got was that, you know, the from most of the public was that the, the time was right for change. And then when he did um, leave, they, they were very quick in, in announcing the Ryan appointment. He probably was the standard candidate, all right. Um, but that was the question marks about him. He has had his health issues uh, before in the past, but I they're in they're in the past now for him. I think he's over that. But they weren't really sure if he if he'd commit to the job or not. But um, once that was ascertained, I mean they they announced it very very quickly. I mean he has the pedigree, you know, um, a couple of under a couple of um, county wins with his um, club Sarsfield, and then coming through to under twenty, delivered two under twenty All Ireland, and then I think stepped down because he couldn't um, he couldn't commit to it anymore. But um, he. Uh, yeah, he's he's the right candidate for me. It depends now on I haven't seen what um, his background team would be, but I'd, Sherlock has been with him as the under twenty. They've done an excellent job there. Uh, I'd be hoping that Sherlock comes in as well, and you know maybe I don't know that um, might look at uh, Ben O'Connor coming in as the selector. I'm not sure, but um, I, I think it's a positive appointment. Um, so um, uh, happy enough with it anyway. At, uh, at the outset, at the outset looking in, so um, wish him all the best and. Um, could say as well to Kingston that um, wish him all the best as well because um, it's a bit of a thankless job uh, inter-county management and you get a lot of criticism for it and um, he was in an awkward position as well I suppose in that um, you know um, managing his son as well which can't have been easy and um, there's a lot of sniping I suppose um, online these days that um, you know um, you know these guys are there in a you know they're offering their time up on a voluntary basis it's not an easy job like it's a time-consuming job and um so um yeah wish them all the best yeah kieran do you want to add there uh about the court situation yeah i think i think it probably was the right decision um you know if you look back to the Ireland final last year cork were just completely wiped out of it and 
for to turn back up again this year with the same tactics and the same game plan, you know, uh, it's probably it's very inexcusable for Kingston and and for his his backroom team. But I think the lesson to for Cork going forward is like true and natural and hurling probably won't win you on Ireland these days. The way hurling has gone, it's a physical game. And I, you know, if I was involved in Cork, I would have these lads in the gym straight away and building for next year because I think if they have any hope, you know, they're, they have to kind of up their physical presence. But yeah, for me, I think Kingston, you know, he got them to the Ireland final, but I think lessons weren't learned. And even during the year this year, uh, you know, how, how close were Cork to going out of the round of the stage? You know, they were relying on a on a, a victory against Waterford, who, you know, if you were to put your own in at the time, you would have put on Waterford. But, you know, this this year probably wasn't a good year for Cork after getting to the final last year. Um, but I think there was a lot of paper lover cracks. You know, we were at one stage here and Cork were meeting in photo while left back and they were having home truths and, you know, they're... There were, there were basically, as you said, square pegs around holes and just, just patching, putting out fires as they went. So I think this year wasn't a good year for Cork, and I think uh, a change is probably as good as anything, yeah. Yeah. And I suppose, guys, uh, in the nation's capital, Matty Kenny has decided enough is enough. He stepped aside as Dublin senior hurling manager. No genuine surprise there, James. No, no surprise there at all, Mark. Um, uh, I feel he's kind of um, taken as far as he probably maybe could have gone last year as well, but he's taken as far as um, they could go, really. I, you know, this year, uh, you know, they, they were good um, early on, I suppose, but they maybe had a run on teams at fit, fitness-wise. But, um, yeah, it's just uh, they seem to be um, a bit rudderless at the moment, Dublin. Um, so, right time for him to go. Be interesting to see now who who comes in um, to talk like maybe um, Eddie Brennan's been um, talked about, maybe Davey Fitz, I don't know, he might um, fancy the, um, the trip up to the capital, or maybe even, I don't know, maybe even Anthony Daly might be um, a name that might come into the reckoning for him to um, go back up there again, but um, I, I think the right the right, right call from Kenny to go, um, I think he, his time his time was up for me. Yeah, Karen, any surprises there from your perspective? No, no. Um, I think they set the, the stall out early, too early in the year, probably. The target of the league, I think they're just probably shy in numbers. I think similar to Wexford, they have 12 or 13 good hurlers, but, you know, round robin and, and hurling these days, you, you require more than 12 or 13 hurlers. You require double that. So I think for anyone, whoever does come in, um, the club championship will have to be looked at and they'll have to get more, you know, more of a panel, get more of a panel together. I think that's probably the one thing that lets uh, let him down in the end. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised to see David Fitz or Eddie Brennan. Obviously, he's with. Uh, is it cool at the minute? He's over in this or Eddie Brennan. So I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So he's up there at the minute. So yeah, I, I think look, same to same as Cork. You know, a change. What did he have? Four or five years. Not a whole point has changed. Um, they have some very good hurlers. But I think just a bit like Wexford, just uh, need more of a panel to progress any further. Derek McGrath could be some some name as well. That could be um, he might be thrown into the into the mix as well. Needs. Um, uh, I don't know if he fancied it or not. I'd really like to see Eddie Brennan. I think he was doing an incredible job with Leash for mm, the year he was there. Right, really yeah. brought him on. So I think someone like that, an upcoming young manager, and it's not a, he's obviously in Dublin at the minute with Kula. So you know it's only an hour from Dublin for him. So. Um, yeah, I, I really like to see Eddie Brennan take it over. Yeah, I'll probably add in a three more. Uh, Richard Stakelam, who is, and also Anthony Daly as well. That could be kind of a tag team there that could be considered. It won't be short of, short of uh, candidates here as well. Yeah, I suppose Anthony Daly probably the, the kind of key one anyway, but whether they go down that line, all to be revealed. And I suppose, as you say, Owen O'Donnell being in the Galway fo- or the Dublin footballers as well, guys. This is maybe a sign of things to come here from a Dublin Hurling perspective. Owen O'Donnell, if he potentially gets to an All-Ireland football final, wins an All-Ireland, does he come back into the senior fold and hurlers? Well, it depends. It depends really what the, you know, who they get in. Like, um, mm. you know, if you're, if you're talking of a, you know, for a high-profile candidate coming in, like, I would say he'd be lured back all right, you know. But um, Liam Sheedy's not a one that may, maybe he might, he might be. Yeah. Um, I think one more that we're not mentioning either, Joe Fortune. Um, exactly. 
Yeah, West Reed, you know, we want to get a bit an hour closer to home. Yeah. We we all know the job he's done up there. Uh, whether you know, if he was offered him, would he be, you know, tempted to walk away from what he's building there? Probably not. But I think he'd be a name that'll be in the reckoning for any county job that comes up. He's done an absolute unbelievable job with Westmead this year, given the, their championship run and also their league. Definitely on the up from an intercounty management perspective. So, look, there won't be a shortage of names here going entering their names in the hat here. For, that's a very lucrative job, very high profile job. Uh, guys, we might leave it there. Um, James and Kieran, many thanks uh, for your insight and contributions. And I suppose next week we can look a little bit more in depth into the big All Ireland Senior Hurling Championship final between Limerick and Kilkenny in Co Park. But until then, uh, thanks very much. Cheers, Mark. Cheers, Mark. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles and reports.